Welcome to What's Working in Washington. I'm Jonathan Aberman. Today, female-run startups and their proven track record. They're not a whole group of pink companies. You know, in 2016, we had close to 100 applicants who applied for our pitch competition locally here, just in the DMV area, that spanned across more than 20 industries. And we had energy companies, real estate companies, med tech companies. An unappreciated but fundamental fact of entrepreneurship is that female-led businesses significantly outperform male-established businesses. But yet there's a significant funding gap to get those businesses going. To close that gap is the Veneta Project. We're now joined by the co-directors of DC chapter, Amelia Friedman and Anna Mason. Thanks for taking the time to join us. So tell our listeners and all of us, what is the Veneta Project about? What are you try, trying to accomplish? Only about 3% of venture capital goes to female founders. Um, and as you said... Those companies tend to outperform their male counterparts. Um, in fact, they generate on average about 20% higher returns for their investors. We work really hard to make sure that these awesome female founders get the same access to capital that um, that men have traditionally had access to and um, make sure that investors are introduced to these great founders and introduced to these great companies. So there's this funding at 3%. That, that boggles my mind. I didn't know it was that bad. Anna, you've grew up in the financial service industry. You've been in Silicon Valley in the center of the financial sector for many years now. Why does this gap exist? It, it doesn't make sense to me that it should be that profound because women businesses, as you point out in your information, significantly consistently outperform male established businesses. You know, it's a really it's a really interesting question. And it, it comes up a lot. And I think it's come up a lot more uh, over the past 18 months to two years as part of a national conversation around venture investing and where capital is actually flowing and who has access to it. So, you know, I th we think about a couple different reasons as to why you might see this gender-based funding gap. One that you'll hear, um, I think, a lot in the in the conversation is this idea of pattern recognition. And so, for example, the past 10 to 15 years has seen the rise, uh, meteoric rise in many instances of some pretty impressive tech-based or tech-enabled companies out of Silicon Valley. And for the most part, you know, you've got your Mark Zuckerberg in a hoodie. And so people say, oh, well, I'm, I'm not too sure about this company, but this guy looks like Mark Zuckerberg, so I'm going to bet on him. Um, and because they're from a sort of generation ago, there might not have been as much investment capital that went towards female founders. Now, as you have even more female founders coming to the fore, from an investor standpoint, sometimes there's this question of, is there pattern recognition bias. This founder doesn't look like, sound like, act like someone that I've invested in before. So there's a little bit of this vicious circle that's perpetuated. It's this question of how do you break down that barrier? That's one issue that's certainly important and is something that through the connections that we strive to make and the different types of events that we do here, we really try to help and break down some of those barriers around bias and perception, things like that. You know, One of the things that Amelia always likes to say about our companies, which I love, is that they're not a whole group of pink companies. So you, sometimes you associate female-founded companies with, oh, it's got to be e-commerce or it's, you know, X, Y, Z. And while we certainly have phenomenal, phenomenal e-commerce companies in our network, um, you know, in 2016, we had close to 100 applicants who applied for our pitch competition locally here just in the DMV area uh, that spanned across more than 20 industries. And we had energy companies, real estate companies, IoT, which is, in, you know, Internet of Things and 
um, med tech companies. So really breaking down those barriers of perception, I think, really goes a long way. So I've been in an investment community and as an investor for a long time. And what you describe as pattern recognition is, frankly, the way that VCs manage a deal flow. It's a real, it is a real issue because you're overwhelmed with opportunities, you're overwhelmed with place to put money. People tend to fall back on what they're familiar with. And so I, I, I completely get what you're saying. And uh, bias is implicit in the investment process. Uh, Amelia, you're a founder. This is not you, you're a serial founder. Why and, and how is uh, Veneta informed by your experience as a business founder here in DC? I um, am a co founder of a local tech startup called Hatch. And Anna is an investor with Revolution. So I think the two of us together approach this work from very different perspectives. And, and our community is a community that in order to be effective and in order to direct dollars from the investment community to the founder community, we, we need to have, we need to understand, represent, bring together um, members of both communities. When we think about how we can support founders, I think there are a lot of programs that are really focusing on build, bringing the community together and educating founders. And all of that's important and all of that is critical to our mission. But what Anna and I try really hard to do is to really drive dollars from from and from the investment community to the founders and to think about really outcomes-oriented ways to do that. One of the things that we launched this year that Anna has been running really well is uh, our venture committee. So now every application for Veneta is reviewed by members from 16 different venture funds and angel groups. So if you apply for Veneta, then your business, your value proposition, your team, all of that information on your revenue and, and everything that you've built um, is being reviewed by all of these investors. Um, and we already had investors from that, uh, that venture committee reach out to us and say, hey, like I saw this company, it's awesome and I wanna learn more. Um, so when we think about how to add value for founders, we're thinking really hard, like how do we not just bring the community together, but how do we really move the needle on getting uh, investor dollars, um, getting, getting these companies funded? It would strike me knowing that the D.C. region has more professional women than in any place in the country, that this would be a place where entrepreneurs or budding entrepreneurs, people that are knowledge workers, this would be a great market for them. Tell us, how do we, as a female entrepreneur, as a female engineer, as a leader in some sort of organization, how do they tap into the Veneta project and get the resources to start a business? So if you're a local female founder, we would absolutely love to have you get involved in our community. The way you do that is you come to one of our events. Um, so to sign up, either for our newsletter to find out about events or to apply to pitch at one of our events, you go to dc.venettaproject.com. That's Veneta, V-I-N-E-T-T-A, project.com. And you, and you come to one of our you come to one of our events where I think what you'll find is that we work really hard to bring together the right mix of people and an amazing mix of people. Our pitch uh, and panel showcase events typically have over 50 percent founders who attend, at least 30 percent investors who attend. And the other 20 percent or so are just extraordinary supporters more broadly of female entrepreneurs here in the D.C. community. So. Coming to one of our showcase events is how we sort of bring you into the fold. And then from there, we do all sorts of both official and unofficial programming. Some of it's for founders only, some of it's on the record, some of it's off the record. But we really try to create a space where we help one another to network with other founders who are going through similar experiences, network with investors who might be able to help you fund your business or introduce you to someone else who can help fund your business, introduce you to 
um, all different types of service providers who can help you take your business to the next level and think about it strategically. So for us, it's all about the really authentic human connection and the fact that our goal and our mission is to help female founders in the DMV area gain access to capital. And our bottom line is that that path isn't linear. So you have to really think about how you grow your network and build out relationships, not just with you know, mentors or casual associates, but people who can really champion your business and be as passionate as you are about what you're building. Well, passion certainly is the phrase that I would use to describe both of you. This is an opportunity to break down barriers. And Anna, as you pointed out, Amelia as well, there's a real need to break down pattern recognition and have pattern of success, not be gender-based or class-based and based upon who's actually going to bring it strong. Veneta Project, to my mind, is a great example of how DC can really make a difference. Amelia Friedman and Anna Mason, good luck with the Veneta Project. We're looking forward to hearing great things about you in the future. Thank you. Thanks for listening to What's Working in Washington. Our executive producers, Tracy Madigan, and our online contributors are Michael Hoffman and Barbara Ulrich. I am Jonathan Aberman. We tell you what's working in Washington, but we're also asking the question, what's working in Washington for you. So please let us know. We're on Twitter at What's Working DC. We look forward to hearing from you. Until next time, goodbye.